Did you get to a track? Um, you know what? I did actually. I did. Oh. Um, yeah, I got it done. Totally finished. Can um, can it's just that it sucks. Oh, oh. no, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, I don't like it. So we're not gonna we're not gonna use that one. That that happens a lot with me when I try to record things, and uh, I I make something and I'm proud of it, and then I walk away and I come back, and it's horrible. So yeah, you hate it. You hate it. Um, the other way to do it is like you know. I, I create something that is so brilliant and genius that it's too good for this podcast. That'll probably be what happens next week. Right. Well, that um, happened. So we got to find the Goldilocks before, zone. So. Yeah. Yeah. We got to find the Goldilocks zone of like not terrible, but not great. Like just kind of right in the middle, you know? Yeah. Think like a, like a guitar center demo track you know when you like walk up to the uh the native instruments kind of demo booth thing and you hit the button and there's like a track already pulled up or better yet when you're at the apple store and you like go and look at logic and they've got a demo session pulled up that's kind of the level i'm thinking sure yeah i think i think that's a bar you could totally hit Mm -hmm. so so just logic stock instruments no amps just di everything be great uh, well, <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Dipped in Tone episode 17. Yeah, uh, I'm Rhett. I'm Zach. That's Zach. <laughs> the, the, the trouble that we have that we've been trying to work out with this is because we do this remote over Discord, there's a, there's an, a lag that is really hard to try and figure out conversationally. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the only solution I could come up with is if we talked over the phone or something and then recorded ourselves video and audio but it would just be weird and like one more thing to like plug in and and potentially fail yeah this is fine we're doing just fine over here uh episode 17 right yeah wow we're on the the downhill slide to the end of the year so I think we it's all downhill from here. That's right. It can only get worse. <laughs> it can only get worse. <laughs> uh shout out to the Discord. Uh as usual. We're setting another record this week, y'all. We got uh we got the biggest group of people in here live. If you want to join in live while we're we're taping these episodes, uh you can. Uh we do it on Discord every Friday morning at around uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. And the way you join in is by becoming a Patreon supporter. Link down below, two bucks a month. And uh, this week we're trying something new with the Patreon rig, uh, with the Patreon thing. We're doing a rig sort of, wow, I've screwed this up. (laughs) This week we're trying something new (laughs) with our Patreon members. (laughs) Uh, Milton, don't edit that out. Just roll with it. Uh, We're going to do our first (laughs) dip your rig segment here in just a minute. Um, Yes. So yeah, join our Patreon down below. It's uh, it's it's been growing, and there's like its own little community over there. So uh, yeah. really, really fun. Right. So, uh, man, I love the gifts in the chat. It's it's the greatest joy. So distracting. <laughs> um, so distracting in the best way. So, how about we we talk about our week, and then we we dip the rig, and then we can get on with our topic of the day. Yeah. So done. Why don't, done, why don't done. you go first? You had an eventful week. I, I had a big week, man. I made a gear purchase, a significant gear purchase. Um, I bought 
a uh, it's a rare occurrence in your life when you get the opportunity to purchase a um, bucket list piece of gear. And I did this week. I bought an, a completely original 1964 Vox AC30 JMI made in London. The cleanest, I mean the cleanest 64, early 60s Vox I've ever seen. I mean, it is like museum quality clean. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it came from a local shop here in Atlanta called Maple Street Guitars. It was uh, on consignment over there. So shout out to Maple Street. Those guys are great. Um, and I was doing some Christmas shopping a couple weeks ago down in Buckhead and hadn't been to Maple Street in a while. And uh, I just was like, oh, yeah, I'll drop in there. And they're, they're primarily like a, a high-end acoustic dealer and they do like Collings Electrics and Fender and stuff like that. Um, but traditionally, they're not really known for their vintage gear. But I walked in, wandered over to the electric side and saw this Vox sitting there. It's beautiful. Um, we'll post some pictures up here in the in the in the uh, video completely original apparently it's one owner from 1964 so i am the second owner of this amp uh came from tallahassee florida was just serviced cap job the whole thing original speakers original transformers came with the original tubes and i played it yesterday for the first time under a mic because i'm working on a video for it and my god it is it is the ac30 sound i mean it is yeah. unquestionably that's to me the benchmark of the AC30 sound right there. Yeah, it uh, those amps when they're working how they are supposed to work are. I mean, it just there's this phrase that a tech that worked at Carter always says. His name is Gary, and he always was he would always say sounds like records, and that's one of those amps you plug into it and you're like, oh, there's that song, there's that song, yeah, there's that song, right. Yeah. Um, I, I recorded a bit yesterday. I sent it to you and I sent it to a bunch of other uh, people, friends of mine and, and stuff. And th I got a common response of like, yeah, that's, that's Abbey Road. Yeah. Sounds like Abbey Road. Or that sounds like Petty. That sounds like Tom Petty or whatever. I mean, it's, I am incredibly lucky to own it. Um, and I got a good deal on it. I paid right around four grand for it with tax and everything. Um, sold some gear, moved some gear in order to help pay for it and offset the cost. Um, originally, when I found it, I, I told Rick Beato about it because I thought for sure he was going to be, he was going to be all over that amp. And, you know, we're trying to buy a house. And so I didn't think it would, uh, it was going to be feasible for us to do it. And then a couple of days later, Rick went and played it and called me on the way back from the store and told me, you need to own this amp. You're not going to find another one like this. This is something that you need for your studio and for your future setup. Sell whatever you need to sell. Do whatever you need to do to buy this amp. And that's one of those things that if if he's saying that, then it's something to to pay attention to. So, right. um, yeah, I am beside myself. <laughs> I've caught myself just going in the live room a couple times and just sitting there and staring at it uh, like did, for uh, minutes at a time. So, Did you keep it on its stand or did you take it off? No, I kept it on the stand. Okay. I'm going to keep it on the stand. Yeah, it's cool. It yeah. actually is really practical. It makes it super easy to move around. Yeah, the for those that haven't seen the old Vox stands, um, they're, it looks like something, if it didn't have the amp on it, you would hang clothes on or something. Yeah. Uh, but you can tilt the amp uh, and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're 
really neat. Um, but that's a rare and it's that thing to have. Yeah, they're they're really hard to find, and especially in that condition, they're really hard to find. Yeah, Robert just posted it in the chat. Yeah. Um, and they're actually really useful because it decouples the amp from the floor. Yeah. For for recording purposes, so you're, you're, it raises the amp off the floor about five inches or so, mm-hmm. which a makes it a little easier to get some mics placed, um, and it's decoupling the amplifier from the floor. So, and it makes it really practical and easy to move around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a '64 gray panel um, top boost. The '64 has the top boost circuit integrated into it. Earlier versions, I've been learning about early AC30s this week. Um, Dan from from that pedal show, uh, who's going to be in my video. He has a 62. His has the top boost circuit on the back of the amp. Um, And then in 64, I believe, they went to the integrated top boost circuit. So it is the sound, man. It's it's the thing. Yeah, I think when when I was really like starting to dive into guitar tone, a vintage Vox was one of the first amps I played that made me kind of understand a little bit about using my guitar's controls because I played a I don't I don't know what year it was but it was fawn you know it was the light colored Tolex covering whatever and um man they're they're really special I've played a lot of the vintage Vox amps and when they're right it's just like you can't beat it but they good thing it has that stand because they are a pain to move they're heavy they're so heavy um this one, this one will never, I'll never gig this. This, this is going to be just especially because how clean it is. Um, from what I understand, the story I was told was that it spent the last 25 years in a closet, you know, it comes with the original cover, the vinyl cover and everything. I mean, it was just, the guy bought it and I think just had it in his house for 50 years, 56 years. Yeah. And, um, Evidently, he he passed away at some point, and it was either his son-in-law or his grandson that was selling it. And um, so I tracked down the amp tech who did the work on it and uh, got the story from him. And and what he said was when the gentleman brought the amp in, they, did, they didn't know what it was or knew anything about it. And they, you know, it needed a bunch of work. It needed a full cap job. It needed some of the resistors um, replaced. I mean, it's 56 year old amplifier and when he told the customer how much it was going to be for the work the guy apparently got really like pissed off he was like man i'm not putting all this money into that old piece of junk you know it's i don't even we're not even gonna do anything with it it's just this old weird guitar thing it's not worth it and he told the guy he said son i want you to go google this amp and then call me back and he said about 15 minutes later he got a call back from the guy saying like i'm really sorry I apologize. I didn't know what we had. We'll just, whatever it takes, just get it up and running and, and we'll sell it. And so that's what they did. They threw the book at it. And uh, yeah, I ended up with a really great heirloom Man. amp. You, you know what's crazy is there's still gear like that, you know? And and that's something that I've always told my grandparents, like, hey, if there's anyone at church that has an old electric guitar that they're not using, ha- take take a picture and give it to you and send it to me because I want to know what they have because there's, yeah. <laughs> there's still bursts under beds. There's still pre CBS fenders that are in custom colors that are in a closet somewhere. Like it, it's still out there, you know? So super cool. Right. 
So what about you? What's uh what's going on this week? Man, it was just another week of work. I did I kind of want to share this even though this is just for me and it's not gear related. So I've been uh continually working on the pack. <laughs> and now it has has straps on it. My proton pack. Dude. But that's so cool. That's just been Man, like for me, I think the thing I've needed to do this week the most is um, relax <laughs> because I've been so mm. busy. And um, mm-hmm. this this should be an episode in and of itself, but like finding the work balance, finding the time to reset, finding the time to just take a breath. Because this whole week I've been working from basically when I get up after after breakfast till dinner and then after dinner till about midnight every day and it's just it's hard you know but it's what you got to do yeah i feel you i think i'm going to try and do the same thing next week uh because we just got the video course out shameless plug um available today as of taping the nashville number system course is available for purchase awesome and we're doing introductory pricing for the first week so when you guys see this live you can uh you can download the course save some money but yeah i've been working on that for the past month and making the videos and everything. And I can I can feel the burnout. Yeah. Like just starting to creep in a little bit. Which is telling me like it's probably time to let off the gas a little bit. Yeah, I, I know when it's time to go to bed when I'm at my bench and I'm soldering and my eyes start to cross. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> doing that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's... With a hot iron Yeah, with a, with a stick that is 720 mm-hmm. degrees Fahrenheit in my hand. <laughs> so... Mm. But Man. but yeah, that's been my week. So that's that's it. Well, there you go. All right. So let's uh, let's dip somebody's rig. What, what's uh, <laughs> well? We should introduce this because this is a new uh, segment for us here on Dipped in Tone. We are going to start doing a weekly thing where we dip your rig. So wh- the way this works is for Patreon members, you email us at the uh, email down here uh-huh. a picture of, of your rig maybe a short description and each week we're going to pick one member to uh sort of uh it's not a roast we're not going to roast your rig right uh we're just going to give you our honest opinion things we like things we think could be improved so uh, who do we got first this week so up this week the very first dip your rig we have mr scott pickett um so scott says that he uses this setup in uh, a part-time cover band doing 60s to current tunes and he meant he mentioned that somebody told him he needed a buffer but <clears throat> for those listening mm. he's got a slew of guitars looks like um like a squire affinity strat a gibson mm-hmm. it's either the blues bird or the blues hawk the chat check me it's 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 um for those that have never seen it it's kind of got like a strat hardtail bridge they're called uh-huh. blues 90s they're not P90s. They have uh, uh, rod pull pieces, uh, a Veritone thing. Uh, I think that's a Washburn semi-hollow. Um, Hot Rod DeVille looks like a PV Classic back behind that. Mm-hmm. And then a smattering of, yeah. of pedals. Um, uh, I mean, serviceable rig. You could get a lot done with this rig. But what are your first impressions? What would you? What would you do? For this rig, if this was your setup, 
Hey, man, look, if Peavy made a car, I'd drive it. All right. <laughs> Listen. Hartley Peavy, he's Ian one of says that. He's a saint in and of himself. You're damn right. Okay. <laughs> Ain't a damn thing Peavy's not made that wasn't the best. All right. So on the rig, this is a totally respectable working man's rig right here. Yes. I love seeing this kind of stuff. Um, because you can tell everything I think was purchased with deliberate intent in mind. It's budget-focused rig, but you can absolutely get some great sounds out of this. So I'm going to start with the board here. Um, it looks like... What kind of board is that? Do you that, know, Zach? That looks like one of the SKB powered boards, but he's got a an MXR power supply on there. Yeah, okay, cool. Love the Vox Wah. Love the Soul Food. You know, I'm not a Tube Screamer guy, but hey, you know, you got to have the Tube Screamer for the cover band situation. It, yep, and you've got some good, like, utility stuff on here. You've got the GE7 EQ. That is one of the most underrated pedals of all time. You've got the, is that the CE3? That's on there, a The five. chorus ensemble? It's a CE5. Five, okay. Yeah. And then the EP boost. Now, let me tell you something. The EP boost from Exotic, I think, is one of the best boosts most underrated boosts ever. If you want a great sounding utility boost that's pedalboard friendly and you can pick them up cheap, get the EP boost. It's based on the preamp section of an Echoplex delay, which if you don't know, one of the popular things you can do with tape delays like that is use them as boost pedals or essentially overdrives into the front end of your amp to hit the front of the amp harder. So love the EP boost, used to have one of those. On the pedalboard, what I would recommend is doing taking those pedals investing in a new board and a an upgraded power supply yeah um the mxr is decent but i think you would notice a, a good improvement on first of all layout with same size board but something like a pedal train uh, where you can separate your uh signal cables your patch cables and your power cables. The the one thing I'm seeing here is it looks like the the it's a bit of a rat's nest with the power cable, and that is definitely going to introduce a lot of noise uh, and interference into your signal. Yeah. So I would step up to an isolated power supply. I really like the one spot stuff, like the the CS7. I think would be cool or CS12. Yeah. And I would get a pedal board where you can put the power supply underneath the board, run your power cables on the underside of the board, and keep your signal cables on top. What do you think? Yeah, totally. And I've I've had customers use some of the MXR stuff. That's one of the newer ones. Um, but I don't know if they're actually fully isolated. And I, I don't think I, they are. Yeah, and I've heard... I mean, I, I know from experience people have used those and internally components fail and instead of an iso instead of an uh, uh one of the outputs not working it jumps so you get instead of nine volts 18 volts so bad news right um especially with some pedals like like the um soul food and the ep boost actually pumps it up to 18 volts inside too so you don't want to give that right. more voltage than it needs but yeah i would i would definitely get a pedal train and some nice patch cables uh you could clean mm -hmm. all that up and probably in addition to the, the pedal board, he has a, a Digitech Jam Man on the floor. You could probably yep. fit all that on the board um, if you right. got that power supply underneath there and uh, did some clever wiring. You could get it all together because in my experience, there's nothing more annoying than showing up to a gig and having to like 
put that one thing you need on the floor next to your board and having to get yeah. that extra yeah. cable or whatever. And some power supplies, because the Digitech uses, um, I think it's using AC power. If, if it doesn't have an output, like a Voodoo Lab has um, like a, a utility plug on the back. So you could actually mm-hmm. plug in that pedal's dedicated power supply to that and save yourself from having to bring an extra extension cord or whatnot. Um, right. But but yeah, I mean, with the guitars, for me, I think that Gibson, uh, I don't know if anyone in the chat let me know what the uh, what that model is. I think it's the Blues Hawk. Blues Bird's a guild. I've never seen that before. Uh, yeah, they, they did a, uh, there was one that had uh, the the p90 style pickups there was one that had a slanted mm-hmm. humbucker uh they did a bb mm-hmm. king version uh but they're cool guitars i feel like that could cover enough ground to where you could probably leave the other guitars at home unless you desperately need that specific sound for a cover tune um in my right. opinion there's no point in trying to match a song exactly because the listener ultimately probably doesn't care and the less gear right. you have to haul the better um yeah. But yeah, I think I mean, I that's the the biggest hiccup for me would be just cleaning up the pedal board and everything else is enough to do I mean, most things that any of us would would need to yeah. do. Totally totally serviceable uh working man's rig. I love seeing this kind of stuff. Uh on the guitar front, you know, I think I, I think the Squire Strat is great. I think you could, you know, if you were looking to make a change in the other you know, cause I'm thinking about, you know, Scott being a cover band guy, he's got a cover. I'm, I'm saying probably three to four hours set each night and they're playing probably 30 to 40 tunes, everything from, you know, like you said, sixties to current stuff. So I think the strats necessary. You got to have a strat sound in there. Um, but I think you could pare this down to a two guitar rig by either selling off, uh, the semi hollow and the Gibson, um, or maybe just investing in a different guitar that is uh, just a double humbucker semi-hollow that you can coil split the humbuckers on. Sure. I think if you went that route, um, you know, maybe consolidate those two guitars to get something that's a little bit, you know, maybe a step up in in the price range from where those two are at right now. Uh, I think then you have two guitars to your rig. You can take them in a gig bag making loading in and out a lot easier um but yeah the the thing about the pedal board is it's not just the static right right you are increasing your reliability when you take the steps to build a clean board with clean cable routing with reliable power supplies with reliable patch cables like it this stuff matters it's not just so you can post it on instagram and get a bunch of likes if you're gigging like scott is, is doing you're loading this thing in and out you're taking it to rehearsal all the time it's being moved in and out of cases all the time it, if you're playing outdoors indoors going through temperature change all that kind of stuff this stuff wears and so you want to take the steps necessary to build something that's going to be reliable, especially a pedal board where you're stomping on it and kicking it all night, hundreds of times. It's uh, it, it really, really matters. Um, he, he mentioned buffers in the, uh, in the thing, you know, the boss pedals are buffered. Um, soul food is buffered. Soul food is buffered. I would say if you were going to make an upgrade to the pedal board as well, I would consider a loop switcher, maybe a, a, 
passive loop switcher. Um, something where you can put each one of those pedals on an isolated loop and have them just on the bottom of your board. That'll clean up your signal flow. Um, going to the front of the amp, there's a lot of options out there for that that are sure. not that expensive. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought about that as well, just having a little <clears throat> true bypass looper thing. But um, but yeah, I mean, that to me, that will give you the most, because I, I think that the um, TC pedals probably buffered the bearing or there's a lot of Mm -hmm. buffered bypass pedals on that board and if you went through a looper everything would kind of spring back to life so yeah yeah you will notice a large improvement in your tone in terms of when everything's off because you're essentially you're essentially cutting out that entire signal chain um which right now quite frankly is a bit messy right if you're going through all of those different pedals, some of them are true bypass, some of them are buffered. You're adding all that extra cable length in there. You're probably losing a substantial amount of top end from your guitar's tone going into your uh, your Fender there. So I would say invest in a, a true bypass, you know, passive loop switcher and just put each one of those pedals on a loop and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Has he been dipped? I think he's been dipped. He's fully dipped. <laughs> I really want graphics and <laughs> stuff been... for this. uh we got to get casey harris on that uh harris art company yes um yeah so awesome well if you guys want to um send your rig in for next week's episode email us it's got to be a patreon supporter Mm -hmm. and we will uh we'll pick somebody for next week yeah we still have we have a bunch to go through so like this is great it's gonna be fun we might end up just doing a whole episode of rig dipping (laughs) It's, the double entendre oh, is worth it, you know, alone. <laughs> Beto in the chat says, I just imagine exhibit with pimped. Uh. <laughs> All right. Yo, I see you like boss pedals, so we got boss pedals for your boss pedals. <laughs> I used to love that show growing up. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Pimp my ride. Great. Come on. Great. So on to today's topic. We're coming down into the year. You know, we're landing the plane on uh, the dumpster fire that was 2020. And, uh, you know, it, I'm picturing, you know, the scene in Airplane when he's uh, he's trying to land the plane. That's how I picture us just as a collective society trying to end 2020. You right. Know, sweat pouring down our face. And yeah. <laughs> um, so Zach and I thought what might be cool is uh, to do one of our year end episodes here. Uh, gear of the year. What's our favorite stuff that we picked up this year? Um, and we're going to talk about some of the things that we acquired rules for gear of the year are, it has to be acquired by one of us this year, but it doesn't have to be from this year. I.e., it doesn't have to be a 2020 model year piece of gear. That's a lot of rhyming. So Zach, what do you got first? I think I'm going to go with this. So I picked this up, um, in October and this is a vintage Ibanez. AD80 analog delay. So this is of the same issue as a TS808 and so much cheaper than an 808. Uh I don't even know how much a TS808 is going for now. I know the last time I looked they were 5 to 700. dollars This was not that much. This was just a couple hundred bucks. Right. And this is one of the quintessential analog delays right up there with a boss dm2 
uh, has a really unique sound. You played this at the house, I think. Didn't yeah, you? it's great. And yeah, it's got a really, it, it's it's got like a real eighth note almost. I feel like some of these Ibanez, the repeats almost have like a triplet feel. It's a very interesting um, repeat. And these vintage delay pedals, if you can snag them for under 300 bucks, A, it's a good investment, and B, they sound really cool. And this one is incredible. It operates at 18 volts, which is pretty neat. Um, it makes finding a power supply for it kind of annoying, but... Man, what a sound. I, I'm in love with all things uh, pink and delay right now. So, Did that inspire your analog delay at all? Well, yeah. So the, um, the it's going to be called the Oracle Mythos Analog Delay Pedal, which I hope will be out by the end of January. We'll see. Is kind of like that with a little bit more modern feature set, but the same kind of voicing and... Um, feel i want it to live in the ibanez vintage analog delay camp so yeah that was kind of like the starting point and john the designer just took it and just pushed it out from there so incredible nice yeah it's great i played that uh when i was there a couple months ago uh it does not suck so for my first piece i'm posting in the chat here uh, it's also a delay and it is my multi-vox, multi-echo, tape delay, and spring reverb. So I bought this from uh, Josh Scott, not from Josh, but Josh from JHS made a video earlier this year about all things tape echo. Probably my favorite JHS video that they've made. And in that video, he played his multi-echo. It was the first time I had ever heard one or even really seen one. And there was something about the sound that he got out of his that I immediately fell in love with. So I, while watching the video, jumped on Reverb, and there was one for sale. It was this one. And I just immediately bought it. Um, it was about 1500 bucks, And bought it from the guy. Turns out he's a fan of the channel. Super cool. Uh, came from New York. I got it here, and it was basically not working. <laughs> Needed a, a bunch of work. So, um, reach out to my friend, Kevin Kadish, uh, shout out, great producer, songwriter, friend of mine up in Nashville. Kevin has a tape echo collection that is unlike anyone I've ever seen. It rivals Josh's tape echo collection. And, uh, Kevin turned me on to a gentleman up in Brooklyn who services tape echoes, um, whose name escapes me right now. And I ended up sending this to him and the guy did a fantastic job on it. Completely gone through, um, serviced all the heads, did a cap job. Uh, new tape, the whole thing, got it calibrated. And this is one of my favorite pieces of gear I've ever owned. I, I use it on Backstage Live a lot this year. Um, it is so inspiring to play. The sounds that come out of it are so cool. And uh, if you're not familiar, it's essentially like it's, it's like an RE-201, Roland RE-201 Space Echo. Right. Very similar Yeah. setup. Um, but it just, it just does the thing, man. And they're great production tools. You can use them to record with, send vocals through them. You can bounce tracks out of your DAW through it, uh, for reverb. The, the spring reverb on it sounds lush and beautiful and 
you know, I mean, it is a solid step up from, you know, the closest digital um, analog to this. Oh, that's a weird sta- statement. The closest uh. digital thing that exists to this is the Strymon Volante. Um, and the Strymon sounds great, but this just does a different thing. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. Yeah, I remember watching that JHS episode and hearing that one, and I had never seen or heard that one either and thought, wow, that one's got a that one's got some stank on it. Like, I like that one, you know? So it's yeah. funny, like, yeah. can we just talk for a second about Josh's, I want to use the word catastrophic influence, <laughs> because <laughs> anytime he mentions anything, if you want it, you better get it right now, because if you don't, yep. the price is going to skyrocket. Yep. Crazy. Yep. It's, uh, he is an influencer, truly oh, an influencer. 100%. Like, <laughs> I, I can't think of any other, I, I don't know of anyone else right now over the past, you know, handful of years who has driven the guitar market, um, or at least the pedal market in such a decisive way as Josh. Is there anyone else? Right. Not even you. I'm sorry. Not even me. No, not me. I mean, I've had a little impact on things like the Skylark, but the thing is, the the reason Josh has the pull is because he has the gear. Right. Yeah. Like he's got all of it. Everything. Um, and he's got everything. And so when he wants to make a video on something, he's got the thing. And then he will tell you exactly why it's great. The other thing about Josh, he is the most, I think, underrated guitar player on guitar YouTube. He is a fantastic guitar player. Um, when you watch the things that he and Nick come up with, and Addison, the the bass player, um, guy that works over there now, when you watch the stuff they come up with, Josh kills it, man. Yeah. And and I, I feel like it's a bit of a, a travesty that he's not known more as being a great guitar player. I mean, he, he really, really is. that. He's awesome. Yeah. I think that he has... He's he's raised the bar for all things pedal related on YouTube, um, because just the f- the fact of him playing pedals with a drummer and I mean you rarely I don't there have been a few episodes where you see somebody playing a bass but there's always bass like back there, but having pedals right. in context, even if it's just for twenty thirty seconds, it makes so much more sense and you know good on him. For, for taking this this journey into uh, YouTube the way he has. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's amazing. He's the only uh, manufacturer out there that understands, that really understands YouTube. I would put Mason at Vertex in that camp as well. But what Josh does, uh, that he just kills it. Man. Yeah. Just absolutely kills it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. All right, so what's uh, what's next for you here? Man, I, I'm trying to think of, of a few things that like are would be an important thing for another guitar player to have or, or someone who, you know, does this stuff or whatever. And, and there was one tool thing that I bought that I think is so necessary that everyone should own, not just guitar players, but just everybody in general. This is my anchor... Oh yeah. Backup battery, like a portable 
battery and this one is like it's the power core plus but this thing is dude for taking care of stuff when i'm like setting up things anytime i take my laptop anytime i make a video anytime i'm working on pedal stuff for me this thing has saved my skin for charging my phone for doing videos for doing live streams for i mean if you had one of those chargeable uh pedal board batteries this could charge that in like a few minutes mm -hmm. <laughs> these are incredible mm -hmm. so if you don't have like a hefty and this is like heavy um battery backup thing you should get one because i mean i know this is not guitar related i just think it's a really important thing that everyone should kind of have just like the tools and stuff we've mentioned before yes um i completely agree that's that's i have two of those i have a slightly smaller one um and then i have one a giant one like that and those always go with me on gigs and on tour yeah. um on gigs because well especially with what i do filming and stuff for the the vlog and everything i've got camera batteries and stuff but you know if you're using an ipad for charts or your phone dies or whatever you, it's just a really really useful thing to have and we've all been in that situation where you roll up to a venue that has just like sketchy power or there's nothing really in the green room or anything like that it just really is necessary and on tour being in a sprinter van or a 15 passenger or whatever that doesn't have power and you've got a 15 16 hour drive ahead of you and you're sitting there scrolling Reddit all day, just, you know, you got to keep the, uh, <laughs> the pacifier alive, you know? So <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I keep one with me for that. Um, the other thing is I've seen people, I've never done this, but I've seen people, um, modify those things to use them directly to run your pedal board on, uh, which is really, really cool. Well, yeah, they make, um, little i think some like reputable people not just some fly by night uh usb to nine volt adapter they make adapters and and honestly this these heavy duty power supplies have enough juice to where if you were in a pinch and you had one of those like usb to nine volt you could daisy chain and save a gig you know yeah so yep i i use it uh my, uh, for my lights i use it for my phone uh, i can charge my new laptop with it like i i I, use, I i take it everywhere i bought it when i went to the uk um just to make sure i could you know have everything ready to go at a moment's notice and yeah it's been very handy very handy yep throw it in your gig bag keep it with you at all times and the other thing too is like i always keep a couple of different cables with it i keep an iphone charger i keep micro usb i keep a couple of different styles of usb cable with it uh, because inevitably you're going to end up with some device or something like shit i don't have a usb c cable well you know you just plug it in and, and go man that's that's the worst love it <laughs> yeah i know can we all just decide like let's everyone just at this point Whatever your device is, let's just go USB-C and stick with that, okay? Everyone, 100%. Apple, your 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 little your external drives, whatever. Just go with USB-C, please. I'm sick of having twelve different types of cables with me at all times. I hate it. Yes, yes, same, same. <sighs> okay, all right. So, for my next thing, make sure I'm in the thing here. My 
uh, Mulecaster. So I uh, picked this up this year. Um, this was a gift from Matt Ike. I did not pay for this, so full disclosure. Um, I have two Mule Resonators now. So I have this Mule Caster and I have the Resonator. Um, and this is one of the coolest instruments I've ever owned or played. Uh, if you don't know Mule Resonator guitars, they're based out of Saginaw, Michigan. It's a guy named Matt Ike. Um, and this is a Tele, quote unquote, but it is fully metal and it's fully hollow. Um, their own pickups, their own sort of mini humbuckers. And then this one has the hip shot bridge, which I'm still trying to learn how to play. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, it's, it's tough, but essentially it's like a B bender, G bender and a bender kind of thing. Right. Um, this guitar is incredibly special. Um, it's one of those things where it's not right for everything. Like this wouldn't be the only guitar I took to a gig, but its sound and its response is so unique and so cool that when it's right, when it's the right thing for the part, there's nothing else that works as well as this does. Um, you know, Ariel Posen plays these, Joey Landreth plays these, uh, RJ Ronquillo has one. Um, they are unbelievably cool hand-built uh, instruments. Um, I have this old strap. This was my uh, late grandfather's... Uh, tie clip here oh nice you can see that but keep that on the strap um yeah mule they they make incredibly special instruments um and yeah i just i feel really really privileged that they uh they thought of of me to to have this so yeah, yeah. did it gear of the year did it come with the palm bender on it yeah so i spec that okay um you can do some different specs. You can do, um, you know, with or without the hip shot bridge. You can do, uh, you can have it set up for standard tuning or baritone mm -hmm. tuning. This one's set up for standard, like string gauge, and I keep it in either D standard or open D. Um, so it's kind of a baritone thing, sort of. Um, it's got flat wounds on it, which I think is crucial to that guitar sound. So you don't, it's not for bending. <laughs> You're right. really going to bend on that guitar, but it's a monstrous slide guitar. Um, and it just does that thing. I, what I've been using it for on tracks is like layering under another guitar, like either a, a melody or a, uh, a rhythm part. You get that lower voice. It's a little higher than a baritone, but lower than the main guitar. Um, yeah, it's, it's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, Joey wants uh he had a gig in nashville and then right after he was like had to fly somewhere and so he left his gear with me and he left his red uh guitar that has the bender on it with me for like a week and um i played it and it's it, they're super neat you know they, but the, but you're right that bender is like huh and of course joey's in open yeah. c so it's like that plus a bender <laughs> Like it didn't make any sense, but it, it sounded and felt great. It was super fun to play, but I couldn't wrap my head around. Yeah. It. Right. Yeah. It's, it's something that I'm still kind of struggling with. Um, just finding the right time to use it. Like 
it's cool, especially on slide. It's really cool because what you can do, um, like on the, on the G bender specifically, like if you slide into a, a major chord, right, which is barred across the frets. Like if I slide to a five chord and then I can hit that bender and, and bend it up to a sus four. So if you're, if you think in the key of E, you slide up to that B and slide, you know, hit that to a B sus four voicing, which is really cool because it's the bender. It sounds like a pedal steel, right. you know, you get that nice smooth bend up and bend down. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, What's next for you? Well, I guess if we're talking guitars, I'm going to bust out my law degree guitar again. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I got this, um, PRS DGT on trade. I traded a, um, what was it? Uh, uh, Oxblood R4 Les Paul for this. Um, got a great great deal on trade it has one little see that little chip in it it's a little gray primer yep. showing through but i had always wanted one of these and I, i've fallen in love with it after my novo my um my tcs this is one of the best playing sounding guitars i've ever owned and i put throwback uh SLE 101 plus the slightly hotter PAF pickup in here. It kept the tap, mm -hmm. but man, I, I never thought like I would be head over heels in love with, um, with a PRS, but I, I am. And I think, you know, there's definitely more in my future, like far distant future, but man, what a great guitar. This is perfect neck. The necks are perfect on these. I agree. So I, I will admit I was a little skeptical when you of all people came to me and were like, I'm going to buy a PRS. I was like, what? Oh, I didn't even ask you? you. I just, I got it. And then I said, look what yeah, I got. Oh yeah. You told me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, not because PRSs are bad guitars. They're not at all. This just not something I would peg you or I really as being a PRS player. Right. Uh, but that being said, I've always heard good things about DGTs. Um, one of my role models, Tim Pierce is a big PRS guy, uh, big DGT guy. And Tim to me is one of those players that like when, when he speaks, I listen, you know what I mean? Um, so I got curious after you got yours and went over to righteous and played a couple of DGTs they had over there. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get this. This is cool. I like it. I understand. So I'm going to try and get one. Maybe maybe next year. I think it'd be cool to try and get my hands on a like a used DGT. Yeah, I think the gold is the best color on them. Man, it, the gold, the the colors. I mean, gold on every guitar is always. I think it's a hard color to get right. Um, but on this one, I can't even remember what year this thing is. The gold is it's a 2012 is just perfect. I mean, I, I don't know. I. I like like you said, I it's not a guitar I envisioned myself really falling in love with like I have, but man, I don't know. But I I, I think the PRS body shape. I really love the P, the carves on the. Oh. I think the PRS body shape is great. It's it really is great. And the thing I like about the gold, the metallic, really shows off the contours of the body. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. 
Yeah, I know it's kind of divisive. I know some people hate the PRS shape. I dig it. I think it's cool. It it's it's beautiful and it has I mean it, like love or hate what Paul does. Like everything has a specific reason. <laughs> like nothing is mm-hmm. just like a that looks cool, do it. It's like this feels right. This sits, you know, on your body right. But yeah. And and one of the reasons why I gravitated towards this is because of Dave Grissom. Like, I mean, I, Yeah. Are, are there anybody else? Th- I mean, he's, he's incredible. Like, you know. Dude, I'm, so I'm saying like some of the best players in the world swear by those guitars. So I think my reservation around them has been because of, you know, PRS in the early 2000s through the, the teens. You know, their primary marketing thing is like they really went after the new metal and like rock hard rock bands and then like the bro country scene super hard so it was like every time i saw any of those bands which i don't particularly dig a lot of that stuff they were all playing prs's and it just sort of like built this um association in my brain of like oh those are butt rock guitars which is totally not true but when when that's what you see you know a bunch of butt rock bands playing the stuff it's like okay well but i'm i'm i've matured i think and gotten over that um butt rock that's a shirt that's a shirt, butt rock. <laughs> butt rock. Uh, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say butt oh, rock. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and and you know, either they're playing that or they're playing. No, no, no. I I they're. I don't want to bash. I don't want to be. No, yeah. I don't want to. We can't. No, it's, too much of a you know. girl. <laughs> yeah. So you and I can quickly go down that road. <laughs> so I think we probably have time for one more each. If you want to. Do you have one more? I'm having fun, man. Yeah. We can we can make this a longer episode. I don't care. Um, all right. Cuz I got a I got a couple more things I think. Oh. So um yeah, whatever. We'll go long and and we'll we'll let the people say if this is too long <laughs> or not. Let us know in the comments. Well, you know, whatever. I, I don't know if you noticed, but that we have hit our cap on the number of people in the chat. Like it Well, a- so that's the thing. I I just changed I changed the channel to allow up to 99 people in the chat. So I don't know why it's uh, updated oh well. or hasn't updated, but anyway. All right. So my next one is a pedal. It is uh it is new for this year and it is the JHS legend series, uh, Supreme, please focus. There we go. Um, I think JHS, Oh God. JHS killed it with these pedals. Um, there's four of them in this line. Apparently there's more to come. I don't know exactly what's on the way, but these are affordable. I think they're retail for what? 160, something like that. Yeah. Um, this is a clone of the super fuzz Octafuzz uh, from Japan, 1972. And this is my favorite one of the lineup. Um, I think the they're all really good, but I, I'm a sucker for Octafuzz. I love, love, love what this thing does. It has the two mode, or it's got one switch for mode change and one switch for a tone. One shifts the mid range, the other shifts, I think, the uh, the octave, like where the octave sits. Yeah. These are killer. If you are kind of on the fence or you're looking for your first fuzz pedal or you're looking for something that's going to be good, but you don't want to spend 300 bucks on some super boutique fuzz thing, the JHS Legends series, I think, is a good place to start. Um, or a golden so, fleece. Yeah, that's or a golden fleece. <laughs> okay, but I can't use a golden fleece because I don't have one. Well, I'll, I'll get you one. Damn it! 
and I didn't get one this year, so it doesn't qualify. Ah. So if if you're watching this, if you're what, like, why aren't you guys talking about this? Why aren't you guys talking about like I'm not talking about Nova or anything? Well, I didn't I didn't get a Nova this year. Yeah. So that's keep in mind the rules for the for the uh, the thing here is it has to be acquired this year. Um, so you should have thought about that, Zachary. <laughs> for no, I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, no, I know. Checking. Uh, no, I, but seriously, these are really good. Um, I think they're priced right, and uh, yeah, I, check them out. I have the the tone bender one. Uh, yep. and it's great. It's cool. I, I I dig it. It's I love the enclosure, the doorstop thing. Um, and yeah. <laughs> in the comments, Calcidas uh, is saying the knobs suck. I don't think they suck. Yeah, the knobs are terrible. I mean, it's it's in a bad. I mean, granted, it's doing a thing. That's where the knobs were on the maestro fuzz and stuff. So, like, it's inconvenient. Well, I think the, the placement of the knobs are really good. I think I like the top jacks and I like the placement. The problem is you these knobs, you can't see the indicators on them. Like, because if it's on your board, you're looking at it like this. Yeah. Tell me where my knob is set right now. Well, the, like, o- the only way to get around that is to use like a... a a numbered knob like a like a Gibson or a Strat style knob like I mean like a witch hat thing yeah or or yeah or yeah witch hat I mean it there's no other way with a knob on the side to have you know because if it had a straight line indicator you'd still only see it like thirty percent of the time right but I mean that's why the key- I think witch hats would look cool on that <sighs> I mean, well yeah it would if you put black uh, black ones or something. Um, but yeah. that's why the Keeley Katana, the old one, was so cool because it had that clear speed knob on the side and you could see what number you were on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. You got anything else? Uh, the, the last thing I thought of, just because, I mean, I've, I, mean I've t- I talk about it like every episode, but the, the HX Stump, like for me, mm-hmm. and, and I, I'd include this and the Power Cab um, because for me, this has been um good for my guitar playing it hasn't made me a better player but it makes me play guitar faster and more often and um and it's really fun to dive in and create sounds for this so one of my goals for next year is to kind of do patches of all of my favorite recorded guitar sounds so you know i have like the zz top thing in here now but i want to do like weezer blue album tone and like a bunch of the yeah. classic records I grew up playing and learning how to play guitar to and, and just sounds I like. So I'm going to try to do that next year and I'll probably make like a, a patch thing and maybe we can give it away to Patreon. Yeah. I think, I think you should consider putting some patches out because I heard we were a couple of weeks ago, we were comparing, um, I was working on the ax effects and we were making up tones for like, uh, Oh, what was it? Oh, you're making a ZZ, ZZ Top. You're doing, yeah, we're doing a ZZ Top thing. And you played me your HX Stomp preset that you made. And it was a recording, right? But yeah. what you sent me sounded unbelievably good. Yeah. Like if I had if I had a hundred guesses as to what you were playing, I would not have said the HX Stomp in that recording. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. It- man it, it it's fun and like i i'm looking at it not from a because like for me this is not a thing i'm going to gig with or tour with cuz that's not going to happen but 
<laughs> when I'm making patches, I, I'm, I'm trying to make two of each. One that's like, I can use it in a room, and another one that is, that's what it sounds like on the record. And that's right. kind of what I was going for with with that one. And, and dude, it's just, it's like, it's like playing a video game. It's like trying to find the right mics and the right reverb sounds and all that stuff to really nail it. And uh, it's it's really enjoyable. So Nice. So I guess we'll end on this one. Um, my divided by 13 RSA 23. Mm. It's right behind me here. Um, well, I'll, we'll drop a better picture in the chat. Uh, but I ordered this. This was my first purchase of 2020. Um, I ordered it from, sorry, I ordered it from Fred in January when we were at NAM. Tilly and I went to his shop out in California and, and hung out with him. Um, and look, I, I talk about divided by all the time. I'm sure people are tired of hearing me say it, but I really, really believe in those amps and I believe in that company um, for a few reasons. First of all, on the RSA 23, um, I got turned on to it again through Tim Pierce when I went over to Tim's place last year and uh, I played through it for the first time at his place. And that is one of the go-to session amps for Tim. And again, one of those things, if Tim Pierce says it's good, in my mind, it's good. So uh, if you don't know, the RSA 23 is Rusty Anderson's signature that he developed with with Fred, Rusty Anderson from uh, the, uh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> Milton, you're gonna have to edit this out. <laughs> Rusty Anderson from the Paul McCartney band playing Paul McCartney for years and uh yeah so essentially what the RSA 23 is is like Fred's take on the ultimate sort of British amp because you think about Rusty on uh the McCartney gig you got you think about all the tones and stuff he's got to cover everything from the Beatles to Wings right that's uh, McCartney solo stuff like that's a that's a wide tonal palette to cover so the RSA basically does everything from super clean chimey ac30 tones to pushed ac30 tones and then the right channel the drive channel will do marshall-esque but really more like pushed high watt sounds incredibly versatile amp amazing pedal platform um i've used it every session i've done this year everything i've played on this year i've used the rsa on it's uh phenomenal amp yeah phenomenal does it, does it have a master volume did you say that um no it's so it's it's two channels um the left channel has a three band eq and just one volume and then the right channel has a stepped tone control and oh, okay. one volume and then there's high and low inputs for both uh, and so what, what you can do, you can do this on the FTR as well. You can jump the two channels together, yeah. um, for an interesting kind of thing. No effects loop, really straight ahead amp. They're built like tanks. I mean, dude, literally the build quality on those things, I think is pretty much unrivaled in terms of modern boutique amp builders out there. Um, and Fred's cool because he has like, Brett Papa used to work with Fred, used to help fred build amps for years and years and brett talks about like even to this day fred has like a secret transformer guy 
that he doesn't let anybody know about or talk about. And it's like some guy that winds transformers to him for his spec. And Brett talks about like when Fred would go pick up transformers for builds, it was like a the drug deal going down. He'd, he'd like, all right, I'm, I got, I got to go. I gotta go see the guy. And he'd come back with just a box full of transformers and, you know, filter chokes and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. If, if you're interested, I would say get one because Fred's still building everything himself. Um, you're going to wait. I ordered mine in January. I got the head in June and I got the cabinet in July or August. Right. Um, but I think he will go down as one of the great amp builders out there. And when he's done, when he's retires and stops making amps, it's going to be it. Um, then people will talk about those amps like people talk about early matchless, like Samson era matchless stuff. It'll be like that. Yeah, I think. definitely. You know, the epitome of boutique. Yeah. Unbelievable sound. They're real loud. Yeah. I mean, real loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a special amp for sure. Sick. I, uh, was hoping to have my uh, Solus F1, but probably get that next week. So we'll see. <laughs> You'll probably get that whenever we get the merch up and running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you, you, the Solus, we'll have to do that for next year. So keep that in mind. A year from now when we do gear of the year. Well, the solace will count. Well, okay, okay. For next year, we'll, we'll just do it episode to episode. Any any gear acquired between the episodes counts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because chances are I'll exactly. get it before January. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Um, uh, Dan RSA twenty three based on a Vox AC thirty. No, um, there is another RSA amp. There is the RSA thirty three. Here's the thing about divided by thirteen. The amp names are terrible and confusing <laughs> it's always three letters and then a number god awful way of naming amps so there's two rsa's the 23 and the 33 are completely different amps the rsa 33 is an ac30 basically it's it's fred's take on an ac30 straight up the 23 is a completely different amplifier mm -hmm. don't know why they decided to go that way both of them were designed for rusty anderson hence the rsa but <laughs> Right. Confusing. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Anyways, so uh, I guess we'll skip shill of the week this week because the entire episode was basically a shill. Covered it. Year. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anything to plug? Anything you want to end on here? Man, no. I think uh, we had talked about this, and I think next week this would be, hopefully we can get the Discord sorted, but I think next week um, for Patreon discord chat people we should just have a chat or a, a, a patreon topic only episode where you guys okay. supply the fodder and we fire from the hip and um could be great could be uh the last episode we'll see yeah we could get canceled <laughs> yeah could have a twitter mob rise up against us for sharing <clears throat> our opinions <laughs> um I talked to uh, to Dan from TPS the other day for the AC30 video, and um, he and I were talking. 
he was saying like, man, I would love to build your rig. And I was like, that would be amazing. It'd be an honor. And it would give us an, ex, uh, an excuse to have the solderless versus soldered patch cable debate in public for the first time. <laughs> yeah. He was a pretty good sport about it. So that might actually be fun. Yeah, um, man. Uh, that would be cool. But you'd have to ship everything and then you, you would never get it back because shipping sucks right <laughs> now. So. Well, I literally just did that. I sent all my stuff out to Mason in Oakland because he's doing my studio board right now. And I don't know. It, this was dumb because the board is going to be able to swap stuff out. And so what I should have done is just sent like placeholder pedals that he could like wire the board up with. And then right. when I got it home, like put all the, the nice stuff on it. But I didn't. I sent like the Chase Bliss preamp Mark II. I sent my jex fox i sent my my new um uh univibe my tinsley audio which i was going to talk about in this episode but we ran out of time and so like when it came time to ship the ups box last week or two weeks ago they're like yeah you want to insure this it's like yes it was declared value and i started adding everything up in my head and i was like oh, oh shit no. oh. do i do I want to do this? <laughs> I want to send all this stuff. So I was texting him every two days, like, "Hey man, did the box show up? Did the pedals make it? Is everything okay? Did they did it get there?" So yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, anyways. That's never fun. No. Well, thanks everyone for hanging out, watching uh, episode seventeen. Seventeen. Eighteen. You guys are great. Uh, if you haven't done so, subscribe. Follow us on YouTube or wherever your fine podcasts are downloaded and uh, share the show. Share it away. That's, that's a dumb See thing. See you all next say. week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>